Breaking news. The winners of the 2013 Rondo Awards were announced Monday night just before I put this episode of Monster Kid Radio to bed. I wanted to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners because his book won the Rondo Award. I'm referring to the book Hidden Horror, a celebration of 101 underrated and overlooked fright films edited by Aaron Christensen. If you remember, Monster Kid Radio guest Alan Trump was also featured in that book. So congratulations to Alan, Aaron, and everybody else involved in the book Hidden Horror, a celebration of 101 underrated and overlooked fright films. And of course, congratulations to everybody nominated in the best book category. And now, on with the show. song dangerous waves it's from the new ep release see and be seen from the band the boss jaguars you can find out more about them over at their website bossjaguars.com or follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net that's the website for the monster kid radio podcast which you're listening to right now i'm your host writer producer Derek m cook and i want to welcome you to the podcast that celebrates the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear and i'm excited about this week's show because i spent last weekend at the 2014 world horror convention here in portland oregon and that's what you're going to get this week on Monster Kid Radio coverage from the show. Now, I didn't get a lot because there wasn't a lot of classic monster movie material or presentations or content to be had at World Horror Con, but what there was more than made up for it, I got to meet the daughter of Vincent Price. And we're going to get to that here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you that you can find out more about Monster Kid Radio at the aforementioned website, monsterkidradio.net. From there, you're going to find links to our live 365 channel, our YouTube page, and our Flickr album. You can also find our contact information. Our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. You can also reach us by email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. We'd love to include any feedback that you have about the podcast in a future episode of Monster Kid Radio. So if you have any thoughts about anything that we've covered in the past, don't be shy. Go ahead and send it in by email or by leaving us a voicemail. Also, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. The group is where you can have conversations with other listeners of Monster Kid Radio between episodes. The Facebook page is where we do our basic Facebook promotion. We're also on Twitter at twitter.com slash monsterkidradio. Just a little bit more business to cover. We are coming up on our 100th episode. And to celebrate 100 episodes of Monster Kid Radio, we are compiling the list of the top 100 classic movie monsters. Now, the deadline for this is May 14th. That's Wednesday. That's tomorrow by the time this comes out. Head over to tinyurl.com slash monsterkid100. That's tinyurl.com slash m-o-n-s-t-e-r-k-i-d-1-0-0. Put in your top 10 favorite classic movie monsters. I'm going to compile all of your answers, and then we're going to go over your top 100 classic movie monsters on episode 100 of Monster Kid Radio, which goes out on May 22nd. Again, the deadline to get your answers in for this 100 classic movie monster poll is May 
14th. Follow the link in the show notes at mobsterkidradio.net to get to that. And you have to put in your name and email address because one, I want to make sure I can verify with you if I have any questions about what you put in. And two, there will be a prize awarded on episode 100. We've got a copy of White Zombie unopened from Kino on Blu-ray, as well as a copy of the latest Christopher R. Mim movie, The Late Night and Double Feature. This is retro science fiction monster movies at its best, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't wait to give that to a lucky winner, somebody who contributes to the poll. So go over there, tinyurl.com slash monsterkid100, and let me know what your top 10 classic movie monsters are. The classic era cuts off at 1970 for purposes of this poll. Anything post-1970, well, I just can't include your list. So make sure you follow the directions, and I look forward to what you guys and gals have to say. And I'm looking forward to sharing the content that I got at the World Horror Convention with Monster Kid Radio. So first, I sat down with a podcaster by the name of Desmond Reddick. You might know him. He's been around for a while. He is the man behind the long-running and excellent podcast, Dread Media. You can find out more about that over at dreadmedia.com. This is a horror podcast that covers all facets of the horror genre. Movies, books, film, comic books, anything that has to do with horror, you're going to find over there. And back in my mail-order zombie days, I used to appear on Dread Media every once in a while. Well, Des came down for the World Horror Convention and... We hung out quite a bit, and I put him on the show. Not only do I ask him about his experiences about World Horror Convention, he told us about some writing projects that he's got coming up, and he played a round of the Classic Five. Well, what's the Classic Five? You're going to have to stay tuned to find out. Now, Des wasn't the only person that I talked to at the World Horror Convention. I also had an opportunity to sit down with Victoria Price. Now, Victoria is Vincent Price's daughter, and she gave us all a wonderful, moving presentation about the legacy of her father, not just as a horror guy, but as an artist and somebody who lived and really enjoyed life. It was a very good presentation. We're going to be running that on the next episode of Monster Kid Radio. In this episode, well, I got to chat with her a little bit. She was in the dealer's room, and there wasn't a nicer person at the entire convention. Victoria, thank you so much for spending some time with me and my microphone on Monster Kid Radio. We're going to go ahead and get to those two recordings from the World Horror Convention right after this. Hello, Christopher. What insanity are you up to today? Oh, hey, Lydia. I'm downloading some movies. What? <laughs> People are always telling me that's illegal. Uh-uh, not these. They're all public domain. Oh, look, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Well, let me see what you're doing. Oh, you're at archive.org. Well, they have thousands of films, TV shows, commercials, radio shows, and books available. Yeah, but there are so many. I wish there was a podcast or something that would discuss these things. You know, give us an idea of what's worth the time. Um, Christopher, there is. We do one. <laughs> oh, that's right. We host Orphan Entertainment. Once a month, we pick something from archive.org and review and discuss it. That sure is nice of us. <laughs> sure. Why don't you click over to orphan-entertainment.jonja.net and remind yourself a little more about the show. <laughs> Will do. So let's see. That's orphan-entertainment.jonja.net. Hey, can we review the Gilligan's Island movie sometime? Mm-hmm. We'll see, Christopher. We'll see. All right, so we're at the World Horror Convention. Uh, it is uh, Saturday afternoon. I just got done with the podcasting panel. And while you're not going to hear that on Monster Kid Radio, if the recording turned out, you're going to hear it on Dread Media, hosted by my man, Desmond Reddick. Desmond, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing great. Well, and up until a couple seconds ago, when I saw that you brought out a stack of uh, of cue cards, or not cue cards, but uh, index cards. This, this is a, a prototype of something that I've been working on. We haven't done it on the show in a while. We'll get to it in a second. You don't have to be scared. <laughs> How did you think the panel went? I thought it went amazing. It went really, really well. Um, it was smooth. It was, you know, I think we talked about it. There's probably only going to be a couple people there. We're up against a monster of a podca- podcast, an advice to, an adv- sorry, panel, I should say, an advice to new writers panel featuring Brian Keane and Jack Ketchum and a couple other of the top luminaries in, our, in, uh, in horror <laughs> literature field. So I was going to be happy getting any sort of overflow we could get of the people that couldn't get into there, but we ended up having close to 20 people in the room and a very attentive attentive, and uh, very active audience, a lot of questions. So you stumbled, you caught yourself, and I'm not going to edit it out because I want to bring it up. You were about to say luminaries in our field. Yeah. And, and I think that's fair to say because sure. you, sir, are a writer. What is out there that people can see right now or read right now of yours, you know? Uh, yeah, I do know. <laughs> yeah, we, we're both writers, of course. Um, I, I have a story in How the West Was Weird, Volume 2, which is a, what, what I like to call it, a weird northern. It is a story. Nice. It is a story of uh, two Royal Canadian Mounted Police in the early days of the Mounted Police who are stationed uh, at the very bottom of Hudson's Bay uh, who basically their job at that time was to sort of look for Russian whalers and other people coming into Canadian territory. And uh, something terrible happens up to them. Uh, it happens to them up there in, uh, in a very Lovecraftian style. So I've got that. I love writing weird westerns. I have one coming out now in volume three. This is all from Pulp Work Press. And uh, that one is a, maybe a more traditional weird western. It's called The City of Hanged Men. Um, what else do I have? I have a... Vikings versus Zombies story <laughs> in an anthology out from Seventh Star Press called it's a long title, gotta be able to get this right um, The End Was Not The End, Post-Apocalyptic Fantasy Tales okay. and I should say I have a Kickstarter I don't have a Kickstarter but I am a part of an anthology that has a Kickstarter going right now called A Mythos Grimly and that's Grim with G-R-I-M-M-L-Y I'm on there with some really cool writers I'm, I'm very uh, proud to be uh, involved in that and it is a mixture of Lovecraftian stories with fairy tales so I think I'm going to tease my story and, and say that uh, right now my working title it probably won't be the title but my working title is The Boy Who Cried Shib Nagurath now, is this an ongoing campaign on Kickstarter right now? Started right now. Uh, I think it went live yesterday as we're recording this. So by the time this goes out, it'll still be live. We'll make sure there's a link in the show notes to that over at monsterkidradio.net because I want to read The Boy Who Cried Shub. I, I want to read that. I want to read it. And I think the only way I'm going to get to read it is if this book gets done. So That's right. Uh, and they've said don't, don't, the Kickstarter is to pay the authors, too. I mean, not entirely, but uh, to pay the authors. So uh, they said don't bother writing it until the uh the story's done so it's, it's from a pitch but i i have started writing it i'm i can't help myself <laughs> it's turning out pretty nicely so so we're at the world horror con you've done a number of panels uh, we did one presentation together we went to go watch victoria price talk yes. about her her uh, famous father vincent price you're going to hear her on this episode and you get to hear her in the uh recording that we took at the presentation as well how did you think that went what are your thoughts her presentation? Yeah. I thought it was great. You know, people like Vincent Price are just 
Well, I mean, I've said the word already, but I'll say it again. Luminary is more than that. He's a legend, and I and I hate calling people legends because, first of all, it, it's it's a bastardization of the word. I mean, the word legend technically means something that is not true, but he's an icon. He's a god. He literally is a god. And I um, I, I I don't know how it came across to Miss Price when I when I interviewed her. I said that you know I I'm sitting here with a princess. I'm sitting. Wow. I'm sitting here with you know the the daughter of the king, the king of horror. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I love Christopher Lee. I love Peter Cushing. I love Boris Kar- Boris Karloff. Man, just love that guy. But to, in my opinion, none of them stand up to Vincent Price. And and honestly, here's something that might be a little bit risque to say, but I don't think any of them come close. You know, it kind of depends on the film for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, having seen the presentation. I have uh, a grander appreciation for what Price was about. Yeah. And I am now more driven than ever to go back and fill in the blanks for me for some of the Price films that I have not seen. And there are quite a few. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you get a huge output, man. Well, he, he did. So I'm now even more driven now just learning more about you know his approach to life overall. Yeah. And we started talking yesterday, and, and I hope you don't mind me bringing it up because it seemed like it kind of hit you kind of close to home. Yeah. You have a special connection to Vincent Price. Yeah. My connection to film as a fan of film itself really began with my grandfather. My grandfather was a guy who, well, he was never super active. Uh, My grandparents helped raise me in a lot of ways. They took after me a lot, or looked after me a lot and took after me, I suppose. They're chasing after me. But, uh, you know, I would always, you know, sometimes uh, my grandma would need to go shopping or she needed to go help somebody or go talk to somebody. So it would just be me and my gramps. And uh, he was not that you, I loved him. I truly do and still do, of course. Uh, he's gone several years now. But um, he was never the kind of grandfather who would chase me around in a field. He just was incapable of that. He was kicked by a horse when he was 15 uh, and it broke almost every bone in his body. And he was in a body cast, and when he wow. came out of the body cast, he lied about his age and went to the war. Wow. So, yeah, well, not before punching the horse, but that's a great story. That's a, <laughs> that's a different story. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, he was never a super active guy because his knees just didn't really work. So he had all these, the great thing about my grandfather is he had all these VHS tapes that were just recorded off of TV. Um, and they were all classic movies. Uh, it's where I learned about The Shadow like just from the radio program because he was always he would always say the shadow knows you know <laughs> he would always say that and, and I got into I got into that at a very young age and he started pulling out these movies these film noir movies like A Touch of Evil has been my favorite film since I was five or six years old wow um, and a lot of Vincent Price movies and a lot of uh, some not so much some but you know like universal horror films for until until I was like 12 or 13 and started reading stuff like Fangoria, I thought that I was the only person, along with my grandfather, who had ever seen House of Frankenstein. Right? Like, like it was weird because he had these like just blank VHS tapes that weren't labeled. You just put them in and, you know, they'd be like long play, six hour things. You'd have two or three movies on it and we'd just waste away the afternoon. And one of the first movies he ever showed me, I remember it very vividly, is Laura, which is a, a film noir film that Vincent Price plays a very not common role for him. Uh, and and I have seen Green Hell, and that and uh, and uh, part, part of the joke is that Victoria Price showed that as an example of of being one of the worst movies of all time. But you know, and like you know, I know that you've talked a lot about Plan Nine from Outer Space on Monster Kid Radio, but there's a certain charm, right? There were people that went out and really truly wanted to make cinema, and I still think that Green Hell is up there. It's a fun, stupid adventure movie. It is 
easy to laugh at. Very easy. But it's there's there's a beauty to it too. Look at this jungle. Awful. It's just so bad, but so beautiful at the same time. So and all that, and then of House House of Wax and shit. I think even maybe the Tingler, but I I I think maybe I saw that later. Someone else had a had a pirated copy of that because a lot of those didn't even have real actual home video releases. It was early, relatively early in the home video days. So they hadn't really gone filled in the back catalog and a lot of stuff, but these were just ripped off a of TV and yeah, so I mean that, that was my that was my film school. You know, Angels with Dirty Faces, Maltese Falcon, Touch of Evil, Laura, all that. Those were some of the first movies I ever saw. Wow. Really, and you know, I, well, I shouldn't say that. You know, along with like Snow White and Bambi and shit like, you know, like little kid movies. Mm-hmm. And then I watched cartoons on TV and then I saw those film noir movies at a very young age and you're probably the reason you have the person <laughs> you have standing in front of you right now. No, I love that old stuff, man. I mean, Maltese Falcon says some amazing One film. One of the absolute best movies yeah. ever made. And Vincent Price's range, I mean, I think because we're monster kids, we know his horror stuff, but yeah, he... Uh, he had quite the range. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. One of my favorite Price films was the movie Shock, yeah. where he gets to play the villain who's pretending to be the good guy. So he gets to do both sides of it, and I, I just love that. Do you have one or two favorites that maybe people aren't overly aware of? Oh, um, okay. Besides the, the ones that I've already mentioned, Witchfinder General? Oh, yes. That is an amazing... That movie's got an amazing story behind it, too, mm-hmm. where Vincent Price was very sharply and very clearly in his erudite, over-the-top villain role. Um, but I can't remember the director. Michael Matthew Reeves. Michael Reeves, that's it. He uh, very much did not want him to play that. He wanted to be very serious, very menacing, and Vincent Price hated him. Yeah. Hated him. because No, I mean, Michael Reeves was this young, upstart kind of guy, and here's Vincent Price, who is an accomplished actor, one of the most well-known actors on Earth, right? Not the most lucratively famous actor and not the biggest star but everybody knew who he was and here he was being told by this little shit to to not do his regular stuff and honestly yeah i love regular vincent price i love hammy vincent price because he was having fun and i love a sense of fun in my movies but if you want a movie with vincent price a horror movie with vincent price where he's playing things very seriously and when you see vincent price in a horror movie as the villain you smile you love him but when you see him in Witchfinder general you think holy shit this guy's a monster <laughs> and and you do get a, a really great example of his range there's a really good blu-ray release of that out yeah. that's just fantastic it's a great film i love that film yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have the blu-ray yet i have that the most recent uh vincent price box set that came out mm. so that's that's got that on there as well and I don't think she. Well, I think she mentioned in passing the um, the Corman, or even if she did, the the Corman Poe adaptations that mm-hmm. she did with him, uh, Mask of the Red Death, and the Fall of the House, the Fall of the House of Usher. I think most people probably point to Mask of the Red Death because it's just a fantastic film. But Fall of the House of Usher is a beautiful, haunting film as well with him. I mean, it's a Roger Corman production, so you go into it expecting a certain level of cheapness to it, but it's not. These no. Poe adaptations are gorgeous. They're colorful. They're vibrant. They're full of just movement and, and passion, and they're they're wonderful films. Yeah, absolutely. And just they're just gorgeous. They, they look like paintings almost. Mm-hmm. They're just gorgeous. And mm-hmm. and again, that's another thing that shows you the range that Corman had. Like Corman could could. <laughs> shit out a movie in 10 days and put it in theaters and make a lot of money and he was he'd be happy with that he let a lot of ways he's still happy with that <laughs> I'm, I'm you know i love roger corman I'll, i won't ever 
you know, denounce or, you know, talk down about what he's done for our Mm -hmm. chosen genre that we love. But he was very, very capable of creating master. Those films are masterpieces. They are are some of the best horror films ever made. And I stand by that for sure. Even the uh, Lovecraft one that he attributed to Poe. Yes. uh, Hands down. These are fantastic films. So. (laughs) Yes. Wasn't so uh, concerned with being factually correct. <laughs> well, I understand it was less him and more the studios. Oh, and, okay. you know, Lovecraft was an unknown name, but Poe had been at that point, so. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right, so I've got this stack of cards here that Des freaked out about. I'm not going to go through every card, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've mentioned this on Monster Kid Radio. I've mentioned this on Monster Kid Radio in the past, and we haven't done it in a while. Uh, later this year, we're going to put out a game, a home game called That's The Classic right. Five. Okay. And we're, we're going to play The Classic Five with Des. So I've got five, I've got, I've got a stack of note cards. Five rapid fire, yes or no, this or that type horror movie, classic horror movie questions. Okay. You, you good? Okay, I'm good. All right, top of the list, and I know where you're going to go with this. Okay. The last man on earth or the last woman on earth? Last man on earth, 100%, 1 million percent. No chance. And this this wasn't planned, but favorite actor to play Frankenstein's monster? Boris Karloff. Yeah, it's hard not to say. I mean, there have been some greats, but Boris Karloff uh, edges him out for sure. Favorite classic monster movie sequel? The easy answer is Bride of Frankenstein because that is that's a better movie than the original, I think. Yeah. Sequel. Return of the Fly? Wow. I like Return of the Fly a lot. Okay. Yeah. I love the Fly movies. Okay. I should have said that in our Vincent Price talk too. <laughs> William Castle or Alfred Hitchcock? Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. I'm not a big I'm not a big Castle guy. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one, Hammer Films or Amicus Productions? Uh, I've talked to you about this before. I'm not the most learned of Hammer Films, um, but I've seen a lot of them now, and I've seen a lot of Amicus. I think they're, they're both great, but i, I got to go with Hammer on that. I mean, Hammer, just their sheer output. And I think Hammer have a couple a couple of films, you know, like Kronos of Vampire, Captain Kronos of Vampire yes. Hunter. That edge out anything Amicus probably ever did, I think. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, so where can people find you? Dread Media, was it dot .com? Yeah, dreadmedia.com, dreadmedia dreadmedia.net, maybe even dreadmedia.ca. <laughs> I, really? bought, I bought a bunch of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I stupidly keep, you know, they give you some free ones sometimes when, when, you, when you buy one. And then so I, I took a bunch, and then I think I stupidly keep paying to add them <laughs> i don't know whoever goes to a dot net by choice at this point but yeah dread media hey. yeah <laughs> hey i i have a dread media dot net in fact it's on my business card for some reason and, my, and it's my email but uh, yeah dreadmedia.com you can find me there and desmondreddick.com is dreadmedia.com so and you're listening to this on monsterkidradio.net sorry buddy <laughs> sure <laughs> what's next for you at the convention uh well right now i'm hoping to head over to the dealer's room because i really haven't gone and done that it's usually the I've, I've talked to you i don't know if we talked on podcast air about this but it's usually the first thing i do and sometimes the only thing i do at a convention is walk around and buy shit so uh i'm looking to walk around and maybe buy a couple things i bought i bought a few books yesterday a few well let's go buy some more <laughs> all right thanks derek All right, so I'm here at the World Horror Convention in Portland, Oregon, and I'm sitting across from somebody who gave a wonderful presentation yesterday, Victoria Price. How has the World Horror Convention been treating you? 
Oh, I'm having a great time. Portland, from the little I've seen of it, is a beautiful city. And the people here at the World Horror Convention are wonderful. I mean, how can you go wrong with a, a group of art and book lovers? This is a very art and book-heavy convention. I'm really enjoying it. And you've got a book about your father. What is the name of the book? It's called Vincent Price, A Daughter's Biography, and it was published in 1999, but we've just re-released it with a new preface. It's out as an e-book right now on all your usual e-book sources, and then it'll be out as a print book July, late July, early August of 2014. Now, do you normally do conventions? Is this something that you've been doing lately? I have been doing them lately. I had some business partners come in, some clients of mine who thought I should be doing more to promote my dad's legacy. And so we've kind of dedicated this year and next year to my doing a lot of conventions because I have a lot of books coming out and some cool product like a Vincent Price wine collection. Wow, that sounds awesome. You talked in your presentation about you know, the fans coming up to you and, and how you're, you're a fan of the fans. What are some of your favorite uh, fan interactions that you've had with people that are fans of your father's work? You know, I love hearing the stories mostly about how sweet my dad was. People are always telling me wonderful stories. And yesterday I heard one about a girl whose dad uh, was in the financial business in Los Angeles when she was a teenager. And she was a big fan of my dad's. And so she would go work at her dad's office on Saturdays. And her dad said, oh, you know, somebody you're a big fan of is coming into my office today. And when he told her it was Vincent Price, she was like, can I come in? Can I come in? And she, he said, I don't have any work for you. And she said, I don't care what I'll do. So he had her licking envelopes. And she was an artist as a teenager. And a lot of her art was in her dad's office. And apparently my dad wanted to buy one of the pieces of art. And so her dad came down to the mail room where she was licking envelopes and said, Vincent Price wants to buy one of your pieces. And she's like, just give it to him, give it to him. <laughs> he said, no, remember, I'm a financial manager. I was thinking 500 bucks. And and this woman was like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. And she said, how about 100? And so um, apparently when my dad left, her dad brought um, him down to, uh, my dad down to her to say goodbye. And he wasn't carrying the painting. And she said, oh, you know, if you don't like that painting, I can paint you another. And he said, oh, no, I already bought it. And I'm having somebody come pick it up tomorrow. And uh, so this girl sold the painting to my dad for 100 bucks, And she was so excited she never cashed the check. She still has it in her safe deposit Aww. box. And I just love stories like that that really are about my dad having such an open spirit and something that she remembered, first piece of art she ever sold and something she remembered her whole life. That's, that's amazing. Now, you shared a lot of stories like this in the presentation yesterday. We're going to run that on the show for the listeners. And I know I said this to you yesterday. I want to thank you again for that presentation because it wasn't just about your dad. It was about you. And you really shared a lot. So thank you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, it's what I said yesterday in the presentation that when I get to sort of channel my dad by coming to these horror festivals, it reminds me of how he lived life. And he lived this joy-filled, omnivorous life. He loved life and he was curious about everything. And it reminds me to get out and do the same thing and be the same thing. I'm sort of a combo of my mom and dad. My mom was a very curious, interested person, but she was a little more of an isolator. And I can be that sometimes. So I come out and it's like, oh, right. You know, be more like my dad. Connect with people and remember my joy and, and remind people to remember theirs. That's great. Now, I know you mentioned in the talk that you're not a big horror fan, but your father did more than just horror movies, and I think you kind of touched on these a little bit. What are some of your favorite films that you go back to to see your father's work? 
I love some of his films from the 40s. I love Laura, of course, which I said in the presentation. Love Dragonwick, Song of Bernadette. I think those are wonderful films, uh, those those real film noir films. I also like some of the films from the early 50s. His kind of woman and Champagne for Caesar is hilarious. Yeah. He was very, very funny in that movie. It's a great cast, and uh, he had a blast doing it. So those are some of the earlier films. And I think of the horror films. I love the Corman films and Theater of Blood. I just watched the Dr. Goldfoot movies for the first time. I have to ask you what you think about the Dr. Goldfoot films. You know, I think they just capture how much fun my dad had. You know, think of all the people who would have felt too uptight to do something <laughs> like that, right? He was 55, 56 years old when he made those movies, and here he is, you know, swinging with the babes in their bikinis. He loved it. <laughs> Do you have any other convention appearances coming up? Anything like that? I do, yes. I will be at Mad Monster in Phoenix with my brother in June. Now, my brother never does conventions. This is his very first one, and I talked him into it because I wanted to spend some time with him. But I tease him, and I tell him he's the J.D. Salinger of the horror world. (laughs) So he's kind of excited about doing that, and we'll be there together signing. I'm going to do a new convention in Atlanta in... um, early August, which I think is called Monsterama. And then I have a slew of them in the fall. I'm doing a Heart of Texas in Waco. I'm doing one of the fan expos in Edmonton. And then I'm doing uh, one in Pittsburgh, Rock and Shock in Massachusetts, and Chiller Theater in in New Jersey. So those are the ones that I have lined up so far. And a whole slew of Vincent Price wine dinners at a city near you. Awesome. I'm assuming this is all on VincentPrice.com? It is, yes. Uh, We've been really working hard on VincentPrice.com. Please check it out. And something that I'm really excited about, fans were asking for this. So we started a site called VincentPriceLegacy.com, and it's literally a chat room and meeting place for Vincent Price fans. So you sign up as a member, and then you can start any discussion you want, and I try to drop in every day and chat. It literally just launched this week, so we have maybe seven or eight members. So please spread the word out, and please, it's a a place for you to really ask any Vincent Price questions, meet kindred spirits. And it was sort of like the 21st century version of the Vincent Price fan club. And people asked for it, and we were really excited to be able to provide it. We'll make sure there's links to all of these in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. And if anybody's going to be at any of these conventions or go to the chat room, tell them Monster Kid Radio sent you. Thank you so much, Victoria. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. And uh, thank you, horror fans, for keeping my dad's legacy alive. Again, you can find Dez at dreadmedia.com. And make sure you go to vincentprice.com to see everything that's going on with Vincent Price, with Victoria Price, with the legacy of Price. I'm excited for the books to be re-released. I need to go and read Vincent Price, A Daughter's Biography, with the new preface by Victoria Price herself. Again, Dez, thank you. And Victoria, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to chat with us here on Monster Kid Radio. We were chatting off mic about her being in Portland, and I really hope that she got an opportunity to explore our city and take in the sights. Also, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to one of the listeners out there. The best thing about these conventions, yeah, there's great events and panels and dealers' rooms and things like that, but the best thing about these conventions is just meeting your fellow fans, meeting your tribe, and after the podcasting panel that I did with Desmond Reddick and Scott Glancy, moderated by Jeff Strand, and you're going to hear that panel on an upcoming episode of Dread Media, after that panel, somebody caught me and said, hey, you know, I listen to the show, I'm a big fan, so a huge shout-out to Noel. Thank you for introducing yourself. I appreciate your support. I 
appreciate you listening to the show, and I appreciate you introducing yourself to me, because it's always great to put a face to the listener. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the World Horror Convention as much as I did. And since I know you're local, maybe I'll see you around town at another upcoming event down the line. Again, thank you so much. And thank you guys and gals for listening to us here on Monster Kid Radio. Remember, tomorrow is the deadline to get your top 10 classic movie monsters in so that we can put together our top 100 classic movie monster list for episode 100. And I will say, some Vincent Price movies have been represented a couple of times on that list already. If you want to contribute anything from a Vincent Price movie or any other classic monster movie, get over to tinyurl.com slash monsterkid100 and let us know what your top 10 classic movie monsters are. Again, in a couple of days, we're going to go ahead and play the recording that I took from Victoria Price's excellent presentation at the World Horror Convention. Until then... Remember that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Dangerous Waves. That belongs to the Boss Jaguars. It appears on their brand new EP, CNBC, and you can find out more about them over at BossJaguars.com. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. With their permission, talk to everybody in a couple of days. (laughs) 